0: hello my loves welcome to the evolving with ellis podcast i'm katie ellis your beauty perfectionism soul evolving coach my soul's mission is to guide you in evolving beyond beauty perfectionism into soul connection so you can embrace your beauty feel more than enough and express yourself freely with bold authenticity hello my loves i hope that you guys are having a beautiful day so far and I'm so excited because you guys are in for a treat with this podcast episode because I am having my very first podcast guest and she's a dear friend of mine. Her name is Kylie Wyrick and she is a spiritual embodiment guide and devoted yogi who is passionate about helping you cultivate inner peace and stability through a yogic lens in order to find flow in harmony and collaboration with life circumstances. So Kylie and I mesh so well together, not only as people, but also as guides, because she's all about finding flow and I'm all about flowing through adversity. And yeah, we just love embodying both the divine masculine and divine feminine energies flowing through contrast. And we just thought it would be amazing to include all of those concepts and intertwine them into a podcast episode about how to find your flow in daily life. Because as a beauty perfectionist, you know that it can be so difficult to face adversity and find motivation to continue on, find motivation to love yourself through it and work through it. And when it comes to schedules and stuff, when you are feeling blah and you're in a lack of vibration, you're having negative thoughts, you're seeing flaws on yourself, it's really hard to stay disciplined and committed to yourself. So that's what we are talking about, finding flow in routines, schedules, habits in your daily life, and committing to yourself by doing things that bring you into harmony and into flow. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. There were a little bit of glitches and technical difficulties, but that's okay because we are finding our flow here, and let's go ahead and welcome Kylie onto the podcast. Kylie, I am so happy to have you on the Evolving with Ellis podcast, and I'm so ready to chat with you about how we can find our flow. You are my first guest, so I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me here. Yes. So I already kind of introduced you a little bit in the intro, but if you could just briefly just let us know about you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how Finding Flow came about. Just a little brief introduction to Kylie. Yeah. So finding
1: flow is something that has been a little phrase in my life for a long, long time. Um, Something that I've been talking about a lot lately on my own platform is how my challenges are actually my greatest gifts in life. And when I think back to so many of the challenges I faced, especially throughout college and just trying to find my belonging and like place in this world I felt as if I couldn't go with the flow and that was a saying that was a phrase that was kind of told to me about me by my family members and people that were close to me you know um I just had it was almost like a little like control freakish side of me in which I was always wanting to plan things and needed to know what was coming and always needed to just really have an idea of what was going on. And if something went out of plan, it would send me into this like anxious anxiety attack. And then I would always get that like, just go with the flow, Kylie, just go with the flow. And it was always, I can't. So Anyway, through all of those challenges and things that I've experienced, it was like, how am I going to get out of this funk, out of this victim mentality of life? And my answer came to be that I need to find my flow. So that's kind of how that little phrase came about. And I've now turned it into a business name in which I am a yoga teacher, a devoted yogi myself. And I'm also a spiritual embodiment and empowerment guide. So I am so excited to be here. And thank you so much for having me.
0: Yay. I love that so much. There's so much that you said that just spoke to me like the victim mentality like the, I can't being like a lack vibration and then just flow itself. Like it's so potent because it aligns perfectly with what I teach and what I work on, like flowing through adversity and into harmony. Um, and also those mentalities of that, like I can't, and being in that lack energy that control frequent energy, like it has to be this way. It aligns perfectly with beauty perfectionism. It's just so crazy. Um, So what does finding your flow at this point, I'm sure it's evolved. I'm sure this phrase has evolved and means more to you now. What does it really mean to you?
1: Yeah, you're right. (laughs) This is something that has definitely evolved over time. And to me right now, finding flow is... It's creating and finding that inner peace and stability in such a way that you can flow in harmony and collaboration with life's circumstances. So like I said, in the beginning, I just, I was always feeling that life was happening to me and I just, I didn't belong. Nothing ever felt good. I didn't understand why things would happen to me. And so now... It's like all right, I've you I've learned all of these tools and strategies and techniques to flip my mindset, the perspective and just my mentality, like you you know moving out of that lack vibration into understanding that okay, this is life and these are life's circumstances and how am I going to find a flow that's in harmony like moving with that natural energy? that exists around me rather than, um, you know, like an analogy that I like to use is kind of like bumper cars, you know, like how can I flow in this natural rhythm rather than being like bumped from item or like situation from situation from situation and just feel like I'm like being thrown around by life,
0: you know? Oh my God. That is, you said that so beautifully. That is literally the analogy of bump, that's how I, that's how I felt just this past week. Like energy was just like, throwing me for a loop. And I was just like, uh, uh, like bouncing off of every obstacle. And I just couldn't find my center. And I honestly didn't want to find my center. Like I was just so caught up in that energy and focusing on it. Wow. <laughs> it's so amazing how perfectly it aligns.
1: Well, and this is something <laughs> that resonates big time with me too, because Thanks. when you were saying, you're like, I almost didn't want to recenter. And that is something that I experience pretty often. And to me, it's not a matter of completely getting rid of, you know, it, we're always going to have life's challenges. There's always going to be things that throw us off center. And it's not a matter of completely like eliminating those things. But to me, it's how quickly can we bounce back? How mm-hmm. quickly can we use these tools and strategies and things that we've learned to come back to center? Because the, the less amount of time that we stay in the bumper cars, for lack of a better term, then the easier it is to return. So that was something that just stood out to me because, you know, even through like yourself included, we've done so many years of this personal development and growth and work. And as you said, even this last week, you were experiencing Feeling off center, so it's all like life is always going to throw things our way, and that's what I love about what like we are doing is because I feel like we are we acknowledge life's a challenge, life is a challenge, and we have the ability to view it as a gift.
0: Oh yes, over here on the Evolving Illness podcast, we talk so much about our ability. That's our that's your potential. That is your soul. That is your truth. And you're so right. It's all about just like facing that adversity and working with it because. As a beauty perfectionist, and I know that we've talked about this before, being perfectionist, we have these expectations and standards of what should be and how they should be. And if we're facing this adversity, that's not how we want it to be or expect it to be or think it should be. So we just get caught up in like a disarray of emotions and we're just all over the place. So flowing is a really key thing to evolve beyond beauty perfectionism and into soul connection. And I always express how important it is to flow with adversity to create harmony in your life. Can you share a little bit about how you've struggled with beauty perfectionism and how finding your flow has helped you evolve into more harmony?
1: Oh, yeah, this is this is a deep question. This is a good one. So When I think about beauty perfectionism and ways that I have had to navigate it in my life, there are two main things that kind of come to mind. And one is something that I've shared with you before, Katie, and that is my eyebrows. So I, um, this was in college, something that I it wasn't aware of at the time but let that i let control me was how my eyebrows looked slash how they felt and what i later came to find out is that it was actually my way of controlling my situation around me you know if i was like uncomfortable or like my friends wanted me to go out but i didn't want to then i would get caught up in the bathroom like fixing my eyebrows you know and kind of pushing off the time, and then I would get overwhelmed, and then my eyebrows wouldn't feel right, and it goes into this whole, like, full-body physical anxiety, which I'm sure that you've experienced, and I noticed the same thing is, like, for me, I would set, like, expectations of what I would look like, or, you know, you'd get this cute outfit idea in your head, and then you put it on, and it's just not at all what I would have expected myself to look like, and I, for the longest time, just thought this was a part of my life. I didn't really understand, you know, and I just thought, oh, it's anxiety, you know, like I just, it's anxiety. But I came to find out through like finding this flow. Those were really just ways for me to, like I said, have control over my situation Because it was maybe fear of judgment or like I wasn't feeling good about myself in reality is why I didn't want to go out. But I would use these beauty perfectionist tendencies as almost like excuses, if this is making sense. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 And so it's so funny because it's almost like I had fears of judgment or yeah. Yeah. I had fears of judgment or I would almost assume what other people were thinking about me. But in the end, through this work that I've done, i it's just so amazing to come to realize that in reality, I was the one judging myself. And when I think back to you know the question you're asking about how I kind of used that to find harmony, it's something that I'm always working on there's not an end destination, because I think that beauty perfectionism arises in our life in ways that we least expect it. And so when I think about how I try to stay in harmony with life, it's recognizing, you know, recognizing that I am not my physical body was such a huge step for me in finding flow, because I found that The mind creates stories. This is something that I've recently read about and became so passionate about. But it's like the mind creates stories, right? Based on our childhood experiences, our different perspectives, and situations that we live in. And when we use those stories to make up an identity about ourselves, That's when we find ourselves in that bumper car situation, because we find ourselves in situations that are threatening our worth, they're threatening our identity, they're threatening, you know, how much we, how much we think other people are going to like us and things like that. And I recently read about the power of working with our body as the energetic beings that we are, which I can get into this a little bit later, but it brings me into kind of why I'm so passionate about yoga and getting down into the body. Because when you're experiencing this beauty perfectionism and you're experiencing anxiety or you're experiencing these limiting beliefs, which are just stories that you've made up about yourself, if you can get rid or drop out of the mind and quiet those stories And feel into where that energy is stuck on, like, in a vibrational level, and then think about moving the energy through. That is just as powerful, if not more powerful, than your mind trying to make sense of something that's not even true. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so, thinking about moving through limiting beliefs and negative talk and you know, low vibration, self-doubt, fear-based thinking. When I think about navigating those on the level of energy, that is what eventually brought me into harmony, I think.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. And first off, thank you so much for sharing all of that. I mean, you aligned perfectly with my own experiences of beauty perfectionism at first it started off with that anxiety and I didn't know I was like oh this is I just have intense anxiety but now I realize it had to do with beauty perfectionism and it is now what I call beauty anxiety but it's that full body experience where those emotions that energy those feelings they just take over and you don't know how to cope you just you let it take over you and for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what beauty perfectionism is it's basically the inability to be vulnerable or accept yourself at any phase that's short of your ideal beauty or standards of beauty that are valued. So you just can't accept yourself at anything less. And when you experience those emotions, like that is such a raw, vulnerable feeling and you run away from it. Like you rather hide or you can either go both ways. You either run and hide or you perfect until there's nothing left of you. Like that's all that you're fixated on is your looks. And you just like Kylie was saying with the self-control, she was like picking at her eyebrows, just trying to focus on something because it's a sense of self-control, but really it's not control. But yeah, what you said about like the, the body, it's so amazing because when I created my program, I was like, my mind was telling me like this, this isn't, good it doesn't make sense nobody's gonna want to do this because you need to do some work with like cognitive like the cognitive side but me my soul wanted to work with like movement like dance and like because for me that's the biggest way it helped me come into harmony and it didn't even make sense like when people ask me like what did you do to heal and stuff I'm like oh I dance girl like and people are like, (laughs) like what like this doesn't make sense and I'm like yeah like I take those negative beliefs and of course I've done a lot of other work too But mainly it's like the most simple practices that have brought me into the most harmony, like dancing, moving that energy out. Because like you said, it's an energy that can't be explained. It's, it's, we put identifications to it, but that energy like clings to our body. You know, I told you this before, like I would, I'll feel my flaw sometimes. Like literally I just feel the ickiness, but I can't really explain it. My mind may like identify and be like, Oh, well it's because you have a big nose and you're ugly that's the feeling that you're feeling, but no, really it's nothing. You just gotta, you have to move it through. Yes. so amazing. Oh
1: man. I love that. Yeah. And something too, that came up for me is when you were kind of explaining beauty perfectionism and you said that it's something that is less than the ideal version of yourself. A concept that recently came to mind for me is that as perfectionists, we try to do beyond what needs to be done or, like, strive beyond what we think is perfect, right, Mm -hmm. in order to avoid criticism. Like, we don't want criticism. We don't want people to judge us. That's kind of, it's like, we, sometimes I feel that there's this mis- understanding of perfectionism as like oh I do everything perfect you know and it's just like a good thing Mm -hmm. but when in reality it's like almost a search for validation a, a seek for approval right and so by trying to control ourselves over the top it's just like we're trying to avoid criticism and so something that I feel is a big part of this work is accepting criticism or accepting that idea of what if somebody criticizes me yes 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 oh I love it because that's another thing is you always want to guess what's going to happen right you just because you want to be prepared that's as me me I guess I can speak for myself Is like wanting to be prepared and just know what's going to go on and safety and not vulnerability. Oh yeah. And I think that we're realizing now more than ever
0: that vulnerability is our power. Oh yeah, exactly. Like it just goes like it ties in with like the subconscious mind, which is I'm going back to like working heavy with the subconscious mind. Cause I feel like at the beginning of my journey, um, like a few years ago, I was doing a lot of shadow work and then it kind of just like fizzled out where, I started doing other practices and I really never returned to the shadow work. I mean, from time to time I would, but that deep shadow work, working with that vulnerability, I'm finally returning back to it, like starting to go super, super deep with it again. And that is, that's where your power is. I mean, the shadow and the light come together. It's that contrast, that polarity, and it's so vulnerable to go in the shadow, but you got to bring light to it. And that's where that mergence together is where your potential rises. So Oh, I love that. And how
1: you said that it's the mergence of them together is where that potential is. It's because you are whole right here, right now, you know, and this is so funny. I have my next podcast episode being released. That was the title actually. Yeah. Is that with, you know, the light, and, the good times and the bad times, the positive feelings and the negative or in quotes, the negative feelings, it is all a part of the experience. And so if you try to run from those feelings or hide from those feelings, you're you're not acknowledging a part of yourself. And that is, you know, that's, if you're avoiding something, how can
0: it ever get better, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. That, that aligns perfectly with like a question that I have in mind for you. Like, oh, this is so synchronistic and so perfect. Um, and like, I think also when we have these outside ideas of like, you were saying earlier, going back to your example of like going, having a night out, going out. Um, you have these ideas and expectations of how you want to look. And that takes us out of that flow of both, you know, because in that space, you don't allow yourself the chance to look at who you are, like who you physically are and accept it. You know, you're focused on looking like this one girl. And if you don't have the same exact eyebrows or nose as her, or eyelashes or what body, whatever, then you're going to fucking hate yourself because you're looking at yourself and you're like, "Mm -mm, mm -mm, it doesn't look like her. Or if you envision yourself, like you said, with this cute outfit and it doesn't turn out that way, like the pants are a little bit more baggy and your booty doesn't look the same way. You're going to be like, I, I look disgusting. I hate myself. I don't want to go out and you're going to be so upset, but how about you like, try to work with it and flow with it? You know, like, how can you work with this? And sometimes like It's okay, right? Like sometimes you are going to feel shitty and that's okay. And you may choose to not go out. It's part of the experience, but it's still a choice and you still can stay connected with yourself and learn how to maybe flow with it or work with those feelings so that it doesn't prevent you from being in your truth.
1: Yes, 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 yes. I think something that is so important is how you said it's okay to have those feelings, right? Yeah. we're we're not saying by any means to ignore those feelings and ignore that voice in the back of your head that's telling you you don't look good or you know your butt isn't looking as good or this eyebrow doesn't look like that eyebrow and you're less than this and you know that little voice back there you can't you can't and you shouldn't ignore it because like I said, it's it's a part of you. It is whole. And an analogy that one of my friends actually used for me is think about that little voice in the back of your head. Um, I don't know if you refer to it as like a certain way in evolving with Ellis, but kind of like the ego or that
0: protective personality is what I refer to it as well it's I have different levels because it goes from like beauty perfectionism like ego and then our beauty critic and then our shadow but they're all like you said it's whole Mm. it's all the same thing but that voice if it's being if it's critiquing it's like the beauty critic the beauty critic okay so yeah that that
1: critic inside of you think of her as your little child that just didn't get the love that she needed when she was growing up, right? Another analogy is think about you're standing outside and the sun is shining on you and then you have that shadow behind you. That shadow, think about that being your little critic, that cute little girl who's just not getting the light. She's not getting the love. She was never getting the love. And If you're ignoring that little girl and you're ignoring her wants, you're ignoring her needs, she's never going to want you and she's never going to want to love you. She's never going to work with you back, right? But if you think about, like, one of my friends said, you would never talk to your child that way. If you saw this poor, like, wounded little girl on the sidewalk, you wouldn't just walk by her and be like, oh, like, <laughs> you know, like, fuck off type of thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you would You would stop and you would, like, ask what was wrong and you would nurture her yeah. and you would bring her back to life. And this is something that I think that we need to find within ourselves And recognize that that little voice in the back of our head is just the parts of us that haven't fully received our love. And so it's so hard to want to bring those things up, right? It feels like, oh, I can just ignore the voice or push the voice down and whatever. But it's beneath that work, which I'm sure you've talked about, you know, it's beneath that work that we find the like the why of that inner critic why is she criticizing you you know
0: yes that's so beautiful everything that you're saying it's so fluid and just i love it i love hearing it um that is a big part of my work like inner child work personally and with clients inner child work is the biggest integrative tool ever it brings that shadow and that light together brings you into your enoughness, like your wholeness, you know? Mm, Enoughness,
1: I love that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's no, like, there's no word to describe it. So I just say enoughness. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But there's a reason why your inner child is not feeling enough, why she's feeling vulnerable. And for me, I know that like working with my inner child at one point, and still I think she probably comes up, there's different phases, of course, and there's so many different parts of us. Right. And whatever beliefs that you're feeding yourself and, that you've picked up from the world too, like growing up, you know, that inner child has just been suppressed. And I found with mine that like, she comes off very just critiquing and stuff and very angry. Like I've even had visions of her, like being in like a dark shadowy side. And when you work with like your critic and stuff, obviously it goes down to the shadow. Like it takes you into the shadow because the critic is just on the surface. Right. Right. but in doing that work, following the critic and hitting that point, I would have visions of like being in that darkness. And she would be like, like almost growling at me, like, like, no, like, and just angry, like, leave me alone. Like, so like, she was angry. And once you kind of like nurtured her, you understood like what she was vulnerable, vulnerable about, and like scared about. So yeah, it's just about getting to that core and really learning how to, (laughs) <laughs> flow 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 like we're gonna say that so much on the podcast but like seriously though like flow with yourself you are all that you have so you're gonna have to learn how to work with yourself and there's so many different parts of you you got to get to know them all and it's, oh. it, it's a cycle like it's so fun though it doesn't have to be like this I'm on a constant journey to flow and find harmony like no it may suck sometimes yeah but it's A beautiful thing because you get something new all the time. Like it's not like a game. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You're in a fucking video game. (laughs) Yeah. How can you
1: get excited about these challenges, right? Like you hear that little voice in the back of your head. Um. Like, ask her. You know. Like she says something. Question her.
0: Like question that bitch. You like don't let her tell you. (laughs) What? That was not a bitch. Yeah. (laughs) I I know what you're saying. Like the critic. (laughs) <laughs> yes. You know, like
1: question her. If she says something negative, like it's like, why? Or, you know, like, whoa, where did that come from? Because yeah. that's that's not you. It's not because I think that something's so important. Um, like our problem is not that we are broken or yeah, it's not that we are broken, it's that we think we are. We think that we have something to prove. We think oh God, yeah. that we have yeah. something to fix but we don't, you know, and we spend so much of our time in our mind, like spend so much time in our minds trying to think about what is missing and like what we can do to like to fulfill this missing part of ourselves that we literally begin to create stories about what it is because it's on the level of the mind. Whereas when you feel this anxiety, come on, if you can just I mean, dance through it, move through it, move it on the level of the energy and don't name it. Don't name that feeling like take it down to the body. That is something that I think is so, so, so important because, again, it goes down to acceptance, 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 any emotion that comes up, any and you don't even have to label like, you know, if you feel grief or you feel anxious or you feel embarrassed or whether you feel joyful happy and or surprised like you don't really have to name those emotions in this situation but think about all emotions are just energy in motion they vibrate at different frequencies and they're all the same exact like they're all the same thing they can be moved in different ways so just like you can think about something that can that can cultivate like happiness our brain also just thinks about things that can make us feel embarrassed or feel less worthy. And I think at the end of the day, it comes down to questioning and not, not believing everything that you hear, you know, get curious.
0: Yeah. I definitely want to take a marker and just highlight like fixed, (laughs) like you don't need to be fixed at all. Like that is, The most important thing, and I think a lot of people are resistant to acceptance because of the energy that is clung to it over the years. Like acceptance is kind of this thing like, oh, well, you just have to accept it. If it's bad, you just accept it. And like, if you think that you're ugly, then you're just ugly and you just have to accept it and love yourself as you are. But that's not what we mean by acceptance. We mean to get open with those energies and see that you have the power, the free will to work through it. You have the power to transmute those energies and even view things differently. Like you have the power to take your subconscious and view everything that's in there and work with it so that it benefits you in your favor. And if you want to change things physically, then do it. If you don't want to, then do it. But in doing that work, you will figure out what you want to do and it's going to be what's best for you. Because you've come to a healthy place with yourself and you're not moving from a foundation of like, I'm not enough, but I am enough. I have the power and I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want and need to, to fully flourish and allow my soul, my potential to flow in harmony in this lifetime because I deserve it. Like that's what it is all about. You know, we could, you and I could both just go off on acceptance and just keep on and on, but that's really, that's what it is about simply. It is and something that I heard
1: recently was our very being like right here in this moment in this world on this earth should say enough that you are worthy to be here and you are worthy of these challenges and something that I preach and preach and preach going along with how you are whole right here right now is accepting that adversity Adversity is needed because without adversity, we'd be stagnant. How could you evolve? How could you evolve if you don't have adversity? And to me, I don't look at adversity or challenges as this negative victim mentality anymore. But instead, I look at it as an opportunity to be like, whoa, I was lacking self-love there. How can I connect that? How can I bring that back in and in can I love myself enough to embrace these challenges and embrace this adversity as a gift and see it as an opportunity to get excited and, and see like what I will learn from the situation. And this isn't something that happens overnight. It's not, it's, it's truly not. But I think that what's important is the second you can get just a glimpse of separation or a glimpse of acceptance it's like, okay, you felt that feeling and you know it's possible. So how can you find that feeling again? And it's just trying to maintain that feeling of accepting yourself in the present moment for this beautiful life that
0: we're living, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. You circled me back to what I was going to say a second ago. And it's about like contrast, like that contrast helps us to evolve into more of our soul. Because if we were just brought here into this world, like just vibrating at a high frequency, like feeling like we're the best and loving ourselves just all that stuff. Right. Like, how are we going to grow? Like, we have to have that contrast. We're in this whole world of contrast, the seasons, nature, all of it goes through contrast and flows with different phases. And all of that helps you expand into more of your being and learn more, explore more. Like there's always more to learn and you go through so many different phases that it's, it's never just one like stopping phase. You know, like we have those ideas that, oh, it's just going to end up being this way. And then boom, there it is. That's our final destination, but there is no final destination. It's learning how to find that connection with that potential, with that acceptance, with that love, just all of it. It's all the same thing, right? Just being present within each phase and learning how to use it to the fullest potential in that moment.
1: I think another big part of this that We're kind of we're talking about it. I just don't know if we've I've put an actual name to it. But becoming the observer of those thoughts is so, so, so important because it helps you realize when you're having these thoughts about not enough or being not enough, it's just observe them, you know, and then you can think, where did that come from and why am I feeling this way? And I think that another thing, too, is our bodies, which I'm sure you've talked about multiple times, but our bodies are a vessel. Like, you know, we are not our bodies. And I think that it's it's one thing to hear us say, just accept your body how it is. And I think that, you know, we're both vulnerable by saying that we still have our own challenges, but something that really got me thinking, like really, really got me reflecting on the importance of my body and how it looks is the fact that our body is the one single thing that is allowing us to have this human experience. Yes. Yeah. It is. So what if you're, you're this or you're that and, and to whose standards to, to who, right? Like one person's, one person might think someone's large and another person might think that same person is in quotes skinny I don't like nobody even knows nobody even knows what that means like society
0: standards have been so messed up yeah just completely yeah people that's the thing too though like people cling to it and as a beauty perfectionist I know that like we cling to like looking a certain way We cling to that because we're like, oh, no, that's the best. That is what we need to look like. Like, oh, my God, it's so important to me. And we value it so, so much. And I'm not saying that valuing your looks is a bad thing, because like you said, this is our physical vessel to honor because it brings our soul to physical fruition. It brings our soul to life, honoring it, taking care, care of it and acknowledging its body responses and working with your body. Yes, it's so important. And I love it so, so much. I'm all about embodiment but we also at the same time have to remember that as a soul, we have the power to work with our body rather than be controlled by the body or any other physical experience. So, yeah. And it's about taking that like conscious mind. And like I said, working with that subconscious, that's our power is, you know, animals, they don't have that. They can't take their conscious mind and observe and say, Oh, I'm instinctually being, you know, my primordial senses are taking over. Like, no, they can't do that. We can, like, we can take ourselves and be like, oh, I reacted like super irrational just now because I have a pimple on my face and I just blew up at one of my girlfriends because I was feeling some jealousy or anger or whatever it is, you know? So we have the power to do that and not let it control us. The
1: power of choice is so life-changing. Yes, (laughs) it truly is when you just can sta- take a step, <laughs> when yeah. you can take a step back and recognize that we do have the ability to choose in each and every moment, that is something that is truly life-changing. If, when you can get beyond that ego, because there's a little bit of you. There's a little bit of you that wants to stay the same, right? Mm-hmm. Like, When you find yourself in this low vibrational state, maybe you were getting ready to go out and you're not feeling good about yourself, there's a part of you that doesn't want to feel better, right? There's a part of you that would love to just sulk back into bed and take off your makeup and just, you know, call it a night. I've been there. I've done that several Mm -hmm. occasions. Yes, ma'am. Me too. (laughs) Right? Like, And and it's because it's comfortable. When you are so used to being in that state, it's just... It's comfortable to be there and so there's a little eensy weensy little bitty teeny weeny part of us that wants to stay there rather than hearing our higher self say hey like you who wake up that is not you that is not real you are creating stories in your head about yourself again it's hard to, for our ego to want to change, right? Like our ego wants to thrive. It wants to survive or that beauty critic wants to be in charge. And so telling her to shut up slash telling her, Hey, I hear you, you're valid, but you're not being helpful right now. That might be a better way to go about it than telling her to shut up.
0: <laughs> okay. I mean, whatever works for you, you'll figure it out. But I'm all about like being compassionate and, like gentle. <laughs> yep yeah. Yeah. I and I, I that's why I backtrack let's be gentle
1: here no, but you know, sometimes,
0: like... sometimes it does help though because I've had those moments like in your example laying down on the couch I'm like nope come on take a few deep breaths we're doing this come on like I'm firm yeah. with myself. I'm like come on and it's about it's kind of like gentle parenting all honestly like I totally. literally all you know this brings me into parenting yourself I'm so big on that it's a huge part of my practice with me myself and my clients Like. Woo, you got to parent yourself. So yeah, the same principles that align with all of that stuff and like coaches who teach that stuff, therapists, all of that, you can apply it to yourself too. Exactly. But, yeah. So I'm trying to think if there was anything else I wanted to say about what you just said, cause uh, there's so much potency going on and guys, we're not even into like the actual deep topics. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we still have to get deep. We just but her and I just flow so good together. So there's always juiciness. But um I guess kind of going more into our topic for today, as a beauty perfectionist, committing to doing things for yourself out of love. And this kind of goes with like what we were just saying, like finding that like oomph inside of us to pull us up out of it in in a loving way, it can be difficult. So Because there's this adversity and that makes you feel vulnerable, you either sometimes I notice for myself at least rush through things just to reach a goal, just to do it, just to get it over Mm -hmm. with or just to get some like external validation. Or we avoid doing it because we don't want to feel vulnerable or face that adversity. Regardless, you're not flowing with the adversity. You're not being patient through it or feeling everything you're just trying to jump to get somewhere or to avoid. So you're not really like being present with yourself or your journey. And you're not generating self-love when you're ignoring parts of yourself. And that's kind of what you said earlier. Like when you're ignoring parts of yourself, you're suppressing it. You're not really working with it or benefiting yourself. And you're just not embracing like all of those phases of yourself or your life. So that's just like, that's the theme for today. And I feel like we've already kind of gotten into it crazy enough. Totally. But. I think that something that I like to say
1: is that perfectionism prevents you from getting to know yourself. Like you will never get to the core of who you are or what you want if you're focused on like people pleasing or that external validation, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's something that, yeah, we've kind of touched on it a lot, but I think that, you know, how you were just saying that sometimes it makes, it's hard to get out of a funk because it's like, I want to rush through it to get something done or just to like get a little validation or something. And it's like a little hit of dopamine almost. It's kind of like, you know, and so to me, I think that a big root of perfectionism is finding that self Approval
0: and self validation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we get caught up in the perfectionism itself, and we just get caught up in the perfectionist tendencies, we tend to spiral in it. You know, we go into that beauty anxiety and it takes over us. But if we follow beauty perfectionism and start working with it, start going into that inner critic, start going into that shadow, then we can find that power within ourselves, that potential, and really like pull it out. But you're so right. If you just get caught up in it, like you're doomed. No, I'm just kidding. Like you'll find your <laughs> way out regardless. But still, like it's just, it's a spiraling loop that you get caught in. in and that's I can say for myself, like I have such problems with flowing through my daily practices, my routines, like schedules, just daily habits. And just honestly doing things for myself that I know are going to bring me into harmony. Like, even if I want to do something, it's so difficult for me. Um, and mainly it's because I get so caught up in that conflicting energy. Like you were saying earlier, like, I can't, you know, like you can't do it. Or like, it's too hard. I'm too lazy. I'm too tired. Or just questioning, questioning whether you're doing the right thing or not. You know, even having perfectionism in perfectionism, like, just all over the place, just all those like limiting beliefs, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. and you struggle to commit to yourself, to your physical vessel. You struggle with committing to honor yourself and your soul. So can you relate to any of this or have you experienced that on your journey? I mean, I feel like we've kind of already talked about, like you kind of have expressed it, but can you give any more like examples? Oh, totally. I think that, I like
1: how you said it in the sense that we struggle to honor ourselves and I think that it stems from a big part of perfectionism and having that all or nothing mindset because as perfectionists we like to strive to do the best be the best over the top right because we're we're fearful of that rejection or that criticism or like not being validated, right? We want this approval. So we're always like trying to do something more, right? And so when we find ourselves in a situation in which we feel we don't have the capability to meet our ideal standard, then we'd rather just not try at all. Because then, yeah, we might fail, but it's because we didn't try, Mm -hmm. so that doesn't look bad on us we don't receive criticism or judgment like because we didn't try it's that victim mentality yes and so that is what I find is when we have a task or for me I found it especially like in homework you know when there's something that I could spend ample amount of time on making sure that I did my best was my best went over the top And I felt good about turning it in, knowing damn well I'd get a (laughs) hundred percent, then I would do it. But if I only had, well, let me bring this back into terms of like a morning routine. If you only have 15 minutes or let's even like five minutes to do a little morning routine part of you is not going to want to do it at all because it's just, eh, it's only five minutes. It's not even worth it because you have this ideal version of what a morning routine should look like in your head. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, if you can't meet that standard, it's like, why bother? Why would I even try? Right. Because that just
0: doesn't make you feel good. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yes. That, that definitely makes me think about like, Oh, on a beautiful day, you know, I'll have everything planned out. Like I'll be so excited. Like I'm like, Oh, I can do this. I can do that. I can do this. And just, I have so many ideas and I see the beautiful day and I imagine how I'm going to look throughout it. I imagine like what I'm going to be doing and how it's going to be, you know, let's say that I have a self-care day, you know, and I go outside and want to do some beautiful yoga and have some singing bowls with me. And do that and then come back inside and have a beautiful bath. And I'm imagining how I want to look through all of it. But then when it actually comes to doing it, it's like, okay, well, I have to like go wash my hair and then like put on my moisturizer and do all of these different things to get ready for the day. I have to like make some food and then I have to wash the dishes and then I have to go outside and prepare the area. And then actually in the moment when you start doing it, it starts feeling not as you imagined, and you start having adversity in it. So it's that right there is what makes me get all scattered. And it makes me lose my desire to even want to do it. It makes me be like, oh, or maybe I still do desire to do it, but I just lack that motivation to follow through.
1: Yep. And what I think it comes down to is we don't meet our own expectations. I should say, unrealistic expectations that we set. And so to me, this is the power of the present moment, because when we get this idea of, oh, I want to go outside and have do some movement in the sun with my singing bowls, and this is how it's going to look, it's when you begin to do that, it's like, okay, let's back off from the details a little bit and leave room for opportunity, leave room for life, because you, as much as you are the creator of your own reality, I also like to say that we're the co-creators with Mm -hmm. the universe. So we can have a little bit of that masculine structure of I want to do this, but how can we leave a little bit of openness and room for the feminine to come in to flow with life's circumstances and be able to do what it is we want to do with what we have in the present moment.
0: Amen. Like this is like, it's a perfect balance of divine feminine, divine masculine, and it's unconditional self-love. Like I'm so big on like a lot of people say self-love, which it's the same thing. It's the same energy that's trying to be expressed, but I'm very specific about saying unconditional self-love because that opportunity is allowing yourself to be And simply that like your soul is allowed to be and express in the present moment and experience the present moment, however it is without any limitations or, you know, ideas. And I think it gets even as particular as sometimes we imagine how things are supposed to be and we attach feelings to how we will feel in that moment or how our vision of ourselves is feeling like, you know, I'm imagining myself outside in the sun and I'm like, I'm feeling beautiful and I'm feeling amazing. But then when I actually get out there, I, I feel like I don't look pretty. I don't have makeup on. My hair is messy and I view myself as ugly in that way. So I'm like, oh, well I'm ugly and I feel ugly and I start feeling icky and I'm like, okay, this isn't aligning. So it's just like, it, it brings you out of that flow. So if you can just allow yourself to be like, you can have that idea, you can have that vision, but then remember that you aren't limited to that vision either because that in that same way even though it seems so beautiful and amazing and like top of the line like oh yeah that's like living my perfect life really though it's not because you're limiting yourself whether it be in a good way or a bad way however you want to identify it it's still limitation you're putting limits on your soul because your soul doesn't identify your soul just experiences so
1: boom boom boom
0: boom. (laughs) (laughs) podcast guys no (laughs) I
1: love what you said you brought it up of whether it's good or bad we can't be identifying with these experiences because it is limiting the opportunities to come to us it is it truly is and that is such a big understanding I think when it comes to finding harmony in
0: in all areas of your life so Mm -hmm. ah that was powerful that was good yes I love it so much it's just It's powerful, but it's implementing it is the journey, but that's, I mean, there's beauty in the journey. So life is the journey, right? There's no end end destination. destination. Yes. You know, what comes to my mind is that the reason why we get so scattered and have a difficult time committing to habits in our daily life is because we aren't connected with our soul. We aren't connected with our purpose. So we think like, what is the purpose? What is the purpose in me? Like going through this schedule, going through this routine, like, what's the purpose? Why can't I just be like, blah, you know, even though you're not happy, sometimes you allow yourself. And this makes me think of, um, I have, well, I do have it. I'm using it as a stand for my mic right now, <laughs> but I have a, I bought a laser, um, to <laughs> laser for ha- laser hair removal. I cannot talk <laughs> for laser hair removal. Uh-huh. And, I bought this last year and this is when I was like, I was penny pinching and it was $300 and I told myself that I was going to get it for a Christmas gift and like treat myself and that I was going to freaking use it. It's still in the box. I haven't used it and it's, I found it so hard to use it and I don't know why. I mean, I guess in my head it's because it's a 12 week process and I have to commit to doing it every week and I don't trust that I'm going to do it every week. Um, so yeah, I just haven't done it yet still, but even that's kind of like at my detriment, right? Like I spent that energy, I spent that money and I still haven't used it. Or even sometimes when thinking about getting ready for bed, I know that if I leave my makeup on, then I will get acne the next morning, but I still will say, okay, whatever, no, I'm too tired, whatever, no. And I let the energy and emotions take over me and I fall asleep with my makeup on and then wake up with pimples.
1: So mm-hmm. even if it's at your
0: detriment, like you still don't do it. And it's like, you have to constantly remind yourself of that purpose and connect to it. But I guess if you're not connected with your soul, and you're not maintaining that connection, then it's like, what is the purpose? You know, does that make sense?
1: Totally, you have to have a reason to be doing what you're doing, you know, with if you're doing something without a purpose, it's like you said, it's just why? why am i doing this what is the reason for this and why would i take care of myself when i can feel like this you know it's just like what you have to you have to be connected with your soul purpose to use life situations and life circumstances as kind of a compass leading you towards discovering your divine purpose and your, your the reason that you're here in this life
0: right so There is an aspect of beauty perfectionism where we are needy, like needing approval in so many ways, mostly because we don't believe that we are good enough. So we doubt our ability to flow through adversity. We doubt our ability to get through hard things or do things by ourselves, or simply just be right in whatever we choose to do. Like we doubt that we are right in what we're doing, you know, and we definitely struggle with finding ourselves worthy to commit to doing things because Instead, we are more caught up in perfecting our looks, nitpicking at our flaws, just obsessing about this idea of beauty that we have, like comparing ourselves to others and just doubting ourselves. And we spend more time on all of that. And we limit ourselves. We block our soul from being in flow in our daily life and our energy becomes stagnant in that light vibration of like negative beliefs and perspectives of ourselves and it can make us feel scattered. And we just end up continuing to feed the negative ideas and external thoughts. So kind of a double question here. How can we take some time on the mat to move our energy out of that lack and into unconditional self-love? Like, Are there any yoga principles to help us like, use it as a practice to return to our wholeness so that we can flow more through adversity and into that place of love? Oh,
1: I love how you're bringing this back around to embodiment again and yoga. And this is such a powerful question because for me, yoga was actually the beginning of my spiritual awakening and any like interest in anything with this, it went back to yoga. And what I've come to learn is that when we take time on the mat to tune into our bodies, we're able to connect ourselves connect to ourselves on that level of energy rather than that level of the story of the mind that we've been talking about kind of throughout this whole episode. And so when you're able to, for example, when if you're feeling anxious, when you're able to kind of close your eyes and take a deep breath and feel into where that anxiety is physically showing up, like, is it in your chest? Is it in your stomach? Where? is it? And if you can begin to breathe into that space, because breath is quite literally life force energy. Mm -hmm. If you can, you know, if you can breathe that life force energy into places that are lacking life force, then you're able to make these connections and essentially activate energy in these numb areas. And so for me, that is what getting on the mat is all about and it it reminds me you know a lot of people think yoga is just about doing doing poses right but there are so many lessons to be learned from on the mat that we take with us off of the mat like a big one being the observer of your thoughts and I think that the physical aspect of yoga is so important Because it gives you that idea, you know, if you're holding a squat and you notice that your legs are starting to burn, Mm -hmm. this is a huge practice of becoming the observer of your thoughts, because when you recognize that that's not actually you that like that's telling you you're in pain and that's how you see people doing such crazy like strenuous activities that just seem impossible it's that they're overcoming their ego they're overcoming that voice in the head that's telling them that oh your legs hurt right Yeah. so holding yoga poses for a long time gives you that opportunity to become the observer of your thoughts and in that state of mind you've then quieted the chatter of your brain. You've quieted the self-destructive thoughts because you've learned how to become the observer. So that for me is the power of taking time to get onto the mat. And it doesn't have to be those crazy yoga poses. You know, you don't, you don't have to be doing handstands and doing this and that to be a yogi. But I think that, Connecting to your breath, going on a walk, taking time to quiet the chatter in your brain is what ultimately will help you find your way, I think, to, I don't want to use the term enlightenment, but will help you awaken to your soulful self, awaken to your highest self, and um, when it comes to yoga principles, <laughs> I don't know how in depth you want me to get but oh you can get as deep as you want like we get yeah <laughs> okay so well something that comes to mind is that like I was saying the yoga poses are just one teeny weeny bit of yoga and there's something in yoga called the eight-limbed path and on the eight-limbed path It essentially is like eight different steps to reaching your highest self. And the very, very, very first step is practicing um, Yama. It's called Yama. And these are vows of moral discipline. I'm going to read the definition. Vows of moral discipline, making correct choices in aligning with a code of ethics in the way that we relate outside of ourselves. So there's five of these yamas, which are just, again, one step in yogic philosophy. And they come down to nonviolence, truthfulness, non-stealing or envying, right choice, and then minimalism. And so in this yogic philosophy, you know, it talks about Nonviolence and that is nonviolence to yes other people but it especially is nonviolence to ourselves right it's the practice of compassion um it's the application of compassion to like the parts of us that are hurt and like to that little girl that we've been talking about it's it's allowing for healing and allowing that to be there and like giving compassion and accepting that we're all worthy of that compassion if that makes sense so like that's a really 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 big part of yogic philosophy and same with the next one is truthfulness just living authentically in your true nature right we we when we in terms of beauty perfectionism when we are pushing away these thoughts that we that come or when we're denying what our body looks like or how we feel we're not being truthful we're we're being dishonest with ourselves and that is a practice in yoga that it's like uh uh-uh we accept we accept ourselves for where we are at we listen to our bodies we accept our bodies um And then there's just like two more that I'd love to share. And that the next one is non-stealing. So respecting other people's time is a really big part of this, but also respecting your own time. And something that I wanted to share here is it's realizing that by not doing anything by pushing down that voice in your head by pushing down the adversity and hiding from your challenges you're taking away your time here in this earth on this earth that you've been given to evolve and you've been given to learn and find your soul divine purpose and so it's like don't steal from yourself don't steal this this magical life that you've been given So those are just a couple main parts of yogic philosophy that I feel really relate to what we've been talking about today. And and if you think about if I had to give like an overstemming or like an overarching umbrella word, it's
0: compassion. Yes, I love all of that. And I can say for myself that like being on the mat and practicing those principles, it helps you to face adversity because like you were saying, when you are feeling that pain in those squats. It that's adversity. And you have to kind of like coach yourself through it. Like I would always be like, you know, you can do it, baby girl. Like I would just be compassionate with myself through it. And when you are practicing yoga, it's, you come into more of that observer. Like we've been saying throughout the podcast, you notice all of the sensations that you're feeling. And I think it's so beautiful and so powerful to apply those principles um, because they help you not only just in beauty perfectionism, but in every single area of life. And, oh, my God, I love so, so much the um, the principle and and just how you framed it with, like, the time, like, not stealing time from yourself. Like, yeah. you have this opportunity and chance to take care of yourself, to nurture yourself, do whatever for yourself. And you have the opportunity to also stay in your truth and your soul truth and don't steal that time from yourself, you know, don't steal that space from yourself, that energy, it's all energy. So we'll just sum it up as that. But yeah, that's, I love that so, so much. And I thank you so much for sharing all of that. It's just that really spoke to me. I'm just going to have to listen to that over and over because I just loved it so, so much, <laughs> but Oh so good. yeah. And it made me think of like, a tree, which i I love trees so much. Like I literally hug my backyard tree every single day. Oh, <laughs> I love it so, so much. Um, but if you think about it, like a tree is sturdy and it's limbs flow out. Like it's, it's the tree is sturdy. It's rooted, but it's limbs are open enough to flow. And mm. if you think of you were saying breath, and if you think of your breath, like trees help us with our life force energy And the limbs itself are shaped like your lungs. Trees are your breath, kind of like they it's akin to your lungs. And it brings you breath, it brings you life. And in that same way, when you breathe into your body, you breathe in that energy, you work with it. It helps you flow like the limbs, yet you stay sturdy and rooted in your truth and your authenticity. And it's just such like a heart-opening energy. And I just think it's so beautiful, like super, super heart opening. Um, And
1: this is reminding me to one of my favorite quotes is I am rooted and I flow.
0: Yes. Oh, that's so powerful. Like, it's a beautiful dichotomy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I love that. And it it really affirming that to yourself can really help you flow with that contrast and and feel confident in it. Totally. Feeling through everything with like nurturing compassion and self-belief and just honoring yourself as worthy through practice having integrity within yourself by cultivating a sense of self that can do what is necessary to be in harmony just like being genuine and connected through your senses feeling your way through phases and moments of your life and just emerging out into pleasure like pleasure from engaging with your energy and expressing yourself truly just expressing your energy in a way that aligns with your soul, a way that makes you feel full, whole, free, just like loving. It's all in connection to that. It's just so powerful. It's just that open, open heart. Um, And no matter what you do or what you go through, no matter what adversity, flaws, mistakes, nothing can block you because you're engaged with an energy that is instilling beliefs of love and worthiness through practice and that's exactly what I think like those yoga principles help you do it's it helps instill you because you're engaging your energy in that way you're observing your body and stuff and you're doing these things for yourself that things that are compassionate and that's like a reflection back to you of like oh this is me like this is it just connects you more to like your physical self and your soul which is it's all one thing right but you get it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah.
1: Mind, body, soul connection.
0: Yes, most definitely. So are there any like specific heart opening poses that you would suggest? Oh, I love this. Like that. help us get more into like unconditional self-love and just being open like that tree. I was talking about that I hug every day.
1: <laughs> mm, yeah, I love this. So, oh gosh, some of my favorite heart opener poses. Um, You know, just like some like little baby ones that you guys can also look up if you like don't know what they are, but just starting with like baby cobra or cobra pose, you know, you're laying on your belly and you're pushing up with your arms and creating space through your chest. And just even if you just sitting here right now, wherever you are, if you like inhale and roll put, like bring shrug your shoulders, essentially bring your shoulders to your ears <laughs> and then roll them down your back and lower them you can feel that your heart and like your chest begins to open just a little bit more and so even like interlacing your hands behind your back and then trying to straighten your elbows all of this is expanding through that heart center um I feel like maybe a little bit more of an advanced pose is like the camel pose. I love that one. And in that pose too, you're, this is an interesting thing about in yoga poses, but when your head gets below your heart, so any sort of inversion or anything like that, it brings up a whole different array of emotions because it's expanding your heart in, in such a way that it's not used to. And so It's a fun way to kind of stir up that energy. And I think something that this is kind of rounding back to is that with these yoga poses, you know, somebody might be sitting here thinking, well, how does leaning backwards and like shrugging your shoulders down open up (laughs) your heart, right? But this goes back to moving energy on the energetic level. This is removing the stories of the brain and getting down to that level so when you inhale do you feel life force energy moving through your heart and up your central channel towards your throat or do you have a hard time breathing because if you do then there's stagnant energy or there's like some dispersed energy there that needs to be moved so it's just so amazing how when we do different poses that align to different like places or different energy centers in our body, the information that we can receive and move and, and heal. It's just, it's a fascinating, I love it.
0: Yes. Uh, when I did the little shoulder, I lifted my shoulders and like, you feel that adversity, like you feel like the tension, but yeah. when you open up your heart and you expand those shoulders back, it's like, You feel more expansive, even through that tension and adversity. And it's relieving, too, because you're releasing that. Yeah. And I think
1: another thing, too, is because it's a little bit uncomfortable, you know, if you were so used to sitting like hunched over. So even if you sit up with a straight back and pull your shoulders back, you might feel a, a little exposed. It's Um, a little, like a little uncomfortable. And so this is where breathing through that adversity, breathing, taking long, deep inhales. And, you know, when you take deep inhales in places that you're in an uncomfortable pose, you're sending signals to your nervous system that you're safe and that it's okay. So then when you're off of the mat and you're dealing with some perfectionism issues and you begin to get this anxiety, you're able to stop. And take a deep breath and use those yogic principles to stimulate the nervous system to know that you're actually safe.
0: And it's just, like, stories in your mind, you know? I think it's so amazing. You and I are, like, we are so similar, not only just, like, as people, but also, like, with our practices. Because everything that you're saying, obviously, I don't include yoga specifically. But all these principles and, like, movement with the body... I use. And it's just so crazy. Cause it's like, Oh, like it's so, ama- it's so amazing to me just how it all intertwines and how powerful it is. It is so powerful. And then people think like, Oh, like breathing, like, Oh, it's not going to help me. And this and that, like, no, it is so powerful because your breath does dissolve it. Like all you have to do, like you're having all these negative thoughts and stuff. You believe in yourself, believe in your power, breathe. And literally it'll, it'll fade away. You just kind of like, egg- Oh. yeah yeah exactly like when you're thinking about stuff sometimes you know you have like a lot to do and you have a lot on your mind right or if a random idea pops in your head and you're like oh I need to write that down and you're breathing you're going you're doing whatever you have to do until you can get to pen and paper and then you forget it right it's the same thing with like limiting beliefs or like adversity that you're thinking about just whatever when you breathe it dissolves because like you said it it helps you. It helps heal you. It helps to let your mind know I'm safe and that I'm okay. I can get through this. And how potent is it? I just love it. Yeah. And it's so
1: funny that like we're sitting here having a conversation. We're telling people, Hey, it's important to breathe, but that's where we're at in today's society. It's like, hello, we are so in fight or flight mode that we've quite literally forgotten about our life force energy. And something too that I've kind of been learning recently through school is um, with your just observing your breath and you notice that you're having like shallower inhales or you're not taking those deep diaphragm tummy breaths, your that's correlated with your nervous system and your fight or flight response, which is also correlated with the stories in your mind. So, you know, if you're all jacked up on caffeine and you're trying to work and your brain's going hundred miles an hour and you're not paying attention to your breath, you're also like, not only are you telling your mind, like, let's work, let's work, let's go. We got to go. But your mind is also telling your body oh my gosh, like help, help. Like I'm in flight mode. Right. And so your body is like, it's making up all of these stories and it has such a hard time. But if you can drop down out of the mind and into the body and pay attention to your breath in multiple situations that you find yourself in throughout the day, and you're like sending signals to your nervous system that you are safe, it therefore also reduces anxiety. It reduces those thoughts that are going to come up because, those thoughts that come up are just your, your critic. They're trying, right. That's the person you're going to fly from. So it is just the power of the breath. You guys is something incredible. And I just wanted to highlight that again. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I saw this meme. It's so funny. Um, It was a video, this girl, she put, she put herself like breathing and then she put like multiple little images of like of her face seemed like she edited to so where it was like multiple mm-hmm. different images on the video. And it was like, when I started finding breath work and she was showing her like breathing and stuff. And then it showed her cells and they were like, do you remember how powerful you are, baby girl? Like, it was so funny, like, <laughs> but it's so true. Like our cells are like, they're so rejuvenated and they expand, you know, they're able to like evolve because like we we're saying, you're giving yourself space, that opportunity to be. And, allow your soul to expand beyond those limiting beliefs, beyond that adversity, because you know that you're more than that. And when you connect to your breath, your life force energy, it fuels you. And like, that's just like a big highlight because we're breath junkies, right? But we get high on (laughs) it. But uh, Uh, yeah, let me take a hit of that breath, girl. Like, (laughs) like, really, honestly, like, just to digress a little bit, like, you can like kind of make yourself feel high a little bit. Like, with oh, your, yeah. It's, I've done breath work so many times I'm like, whoa, like I've done it to where I've almost passed out, you know? Totally. But it's a release. It's like a release of all of that. It's all that energy like moving through and you're releasing it. But yeah, it's so, so super powerful. Um, but even just those principles and stuff too, it's just, it's amazing. And since we're talking about like commitment and like discipline with ourselves, one thing that I admire about Kylie guys is that she is so fucking focused. Like, oh my God, this is the one thing like Kylie and I are so similar, but at the same time, it's weird. Cause like, it's like, we're different, but it's, it's for the same reasons, but we just handle it differently. Totally. She's so focused. She's so determined. So what do you do to just keep committed to yourself and focused? Even when you're having like that dread of like, oh, I don't want to like. How do you do it? Is yeah.
1: It- oh, I appreciate you. Really? I think uh, I think that a big thing that keeps me going is knowing that it makes me feel good and my I am worthy of feeling good. Mm. So for me, you know, I'm a big believer that how I start off My day is an indicator of how the rest of my day will go. And for me, that leads to a morning routine. And this is something that, you know, I kind of use some examples here and there throughout the episode, but this is something that has been huge for me, a huge, huge, huge in starting my day. But of course, there are those mornings where I wake up and I want to hit snooze because having a morning routine does mean I have to get up a little bit earlier, right? But there's mornings that I want to hit snooze and I'm not feeling good. And on those days, I remind myself, I think back to the other days where I've skipped and how I didn't feel good. And then I think back to how I felt when I did do it, even if it was just a little bit. And I think that this kind of, you know, it's been the training of the all or nothing mindset and finding moderation. I am such a believer in that moderation is key moderation is key and taking things step by step is so important and so you know find that thing that brings you joy and run with it make it a non-negotiable part of your day because you have to be able to take care of yourself if you're going to begin to take care of other people or serve those other people around you you know and so I really think that There's some mornings where I get up and I, you know, I do affirmations and I journal and I read and I meditate and then I do yoga and I have some time to do this morning routine. But then there's other mornings where I wake up and I'm exhausted and I do some affirmations. I try to read. Maybe it doesn't feel good or sometimes I fall back asleep. Right. And on those days, I remember to give myself grace because those are the challenges that I remember. And I want to be hard on myself. Like, oh, why did I just skip that? You know, why did I do that? I know I'm not going to feel good. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I had to do that to remember that I feel good when I take care of myself. Right. So I think that that's a huge part of, you know, staying dedicated and focused to feeling good is that if I don't feel good, then I can't do much, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like balance is how you flow with it. Balance is how just that moderation is how you stay in that connection with yourself and kind of like that motivation. And I loved how you mentioned like you think back to days that you did and didn't, and you remember how, whether it made you feel good or not. And thinking of those times where you have done it, where it does make you feel good it's really powerful because it lets your mind keep track of something to where you can change those like negative subconscious beliefs into positive ones. Like I can do this. And every time that I do it, there's like a reward. It's that system of like accomplishment and reward. So I love that so, so much. And I think it's so beautiful because it can be just that simple to where you have in your mind, you know, I'm going to have my morning routine and it can look different this day. day. Like I'll allow myself that space and opportunity to feel into how I'm feeling, but I am still going to keep this structure. It's just like that divine masculine and feminine that we were talking about.
1: It's all about finding balance. It truly is. And also finding what works for you, like
0: mm-hmm. knowing
1: that what works for one person isn't going to work for another person. And that's OK. There is not, you know, you've seen all these TikToks about some perfect morning routine, but there's not one right way. There's truly not, you know. So find what feels good to you and do that thing without judgment, without, expectations of what a morning routine should look like or what self-care in general should look like just find what makes you feel good like on the level of the energy in your body not what the mind is telling you feels good but what actually feels good to you
0: yeah and I think when you get in that scattered energy of like just whatever you're feeling whether it's feeling that dread and not wanting to do it or like wanting to hide and avoid because let's let's be real like sometimes feeling uncomfortable it leads to feeling good though like like you were saying with your morning routine even though you know you're gonna have to wake up early and you're like oh like you know that later on you're gonna feel better and I think it's just staying in that connection with yourself with your soul and knowing that you do have the ability to intuitively follow what feels best for you and you can judge whether this feeling of like, uh, is, is really good for you or whether it's just like you moving out of your comfort zone. It's really just about, I'm thinking of like your shadow, like taking your shadow, that inner child that's kind of like resisting, like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm going to feel uncomfortable. I'm going to feel vulnerable or whatever it is. And walking with her and saying, no, it's okay. I know but you know, this is going to make you feel better later on. So let, let's work through this. And on the days where you know that, Oh, my body needs a break. you you treat your inner child and you're like, okay, what do you want to do today? Do you want to move your body in this way? Or do you want to maybe just eat breakfast and like, you know, you allow yourself to flow. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that's a really big one for me with
1: yoga too, is there for a while, especially at the beginning of my journey was like, I had expectations of what yoga was supposed to be like, you know, I would want to do like an hour long, hot vinyasa flow, but coming to terms with like, hey, I'm on my period and I'm not feeling good and that's not realistic. So I'm just going to stretch a little bit. I'm still going to move my body because I know that makes me feel good, but I'm just going to stretch. Finding that moderation is again, it's key. It is absolutely key. So.
0: Yeah. One thing that I know for sure is that for me, at least, feeling like I have a routine to follow, it makes me feel really accomplished. But sticking to that, like I'm definitely like, I'm complete opposite from you on that. Like I get so scattered. And that's what I'm working on right now is like that self discipline and really parenting my inner child through that discomfort so that I can grow, so that she can grow and like integrate more with me and just become more whole. And I know what's helping me right now is that just waking up and doing at least one or two things that I that are going to keep me on track and keep me feeling good. Like one thing that's like non-negotiable and it may sound so silly, but it makes me feel so satisfied and like so much gratification comes taking a drink of water. Like as soon as I wake up, like I'm like, okay, I need to drink water. Like I know that's one thing I can focus on, drinking my water. Step by step. Yeah, exactly. Like you were saying, step by step. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess you and I could just keep on bouncing off of each other, but to close off this episode, I always end off with a few evolving tips and you've already given like so much juicy information, but if we could just sum like just a few, one to three evolving tips, what's most important to you to be in flow in your daily life? And yeah, just be in flow. I think my number one tip
1: which might be the hardest and you're not going to like it. You're not going to like it, you guys. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But my number one tip I would say is to don't, don't pay attention to what other people are doing. Listen to you, like find your truth in, 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 to me, that's where like the secret sauce is because when we're so caught up in seeking external validation or, you know, trying to be someone we're not, I think we're stealing our time. Like we're stealing our time to be our unique, loving, and and worthy versions of ourselves. And I just, sometimes I'm reminded, you know, like we are not, we, one day you're going to look back on your life and wonder what it is you were doing, nitpicking at your eyebrow in the mirror rather than experiencing that night with your friend. And mm-hmm. I think that that is just, oh, it is so powerful.
0: It's so powerful. Yeah. So that's crazy. Mm-hmm.
1: that's definitely something that always hits home for me. And I think that another tip too is baby steps, Baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. You know, if you don't have a morning routine right now, you know, don't wake up tomorrow morning and plan a three hour, you know, morning routine or expect yourself to repeat 15 affirmations. But maybe you wake up and take a sip of water in the morning, right? You do one little thing. And when you do something in which you feel joy, hold on to it hold on to it. Remember what that joy feels like, because if you can experience it, even for a glimpse of time, you can experience it for eternity. So I think that that's something that's really, really powerful is just knowing that in any moment you do have the ability to choose your mindset and to choose your perspective. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard. But if it wasn't hard, then, you know, what would life be? Have I had to say just one last thing. I just want to remind you all to enjoy the process. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the process and enjoy the journey. You know, it's supposed to be fun. And I'm sending love to every single one of you that are listening right now. So
0: I love it. Yes. So that's beautiful. And it's just so simple, but these words can speak so powerfully, though. And I just love it so much. And I thank you so much for being on the podcast with me and just us. Can you share some? ways to connect with you? Cause I'm sure people are going to want to um, any of like your practices or platforms. So I feel the
1: best way to connect with me is probably on Instagram, mm-hmm. which is just my name,
0: Kylie Wyrick and maybe you can put it in the show notes yeah, or something. I'll definitely put all this in the show notes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so connecting with me on Instagram where you, there's a little link in my bio, there's lots of information about how to work with me or connect with me there. Um, and other than that, my website is findingflowco.com. Um, And yeah, that I can you can get to that through the link in my Instagram as well. but that will lead you to my website where you can find um, different programs and working with me one on one and some exciting yoga things coming up. So,
0: yay, I'm so excited. I'm ready to see yes. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you so so much for joining and just sharing so much potent energy. And I always just admire and love you so, so much.
1: Oh, I appreciate you. And I feel so grateful for you having me here. And I always love our conversations. I love you. And any conversation that we have, I feel like we can record and turn into a podcast. So I'm always learning from you. And you are just such a light in this life. And I love each and every one of you guys that are listening. So thank you so much for
0: having me. (sighs) Wow, guys. Oh. <laughs> that podcast episode felt so good to just hear all of Kylie's wisdom and power and beauty that comes from her own energy but also her practice. And it's helping me too, guys. Like we're all evolving here. We are all finding our flow here. Ugh, I'm just I'm so happy for this episode and if you love this episode too, then don't forget to please give a rating, five star that bitch. (laughs) But seriously guys, like if you love this episode, please share with your friends, write a review. Let me know what you love about it and give it five stars so that the podcast can continue evolving. And if you want to work with Kylie, as we said, you can find her info in the show notes. Thank you so, so much for listening and I will talk to you guys next time.